Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of NAU and Big Sky Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me and listening all about NAU. You know, it took a little longer than expected, but we are finally in basketball season. You know, the women's team has been looking pretty good with a few things to work on. While the men's team, I think it's safe to say they need a little bit more elbow grease. All right, so let's do a recap of what has happened for both teams so far and who some of the players are uh, that's been on fire. For NAU women, for game one, they went to UNLV and beat the Lady Rebels 79-75. Emily Roddenbaugh had 27 points. In Game 2, they went down to Tucson and faced in-state rival Arizona. They gave them a really good game, but lost to number 7, 76-63, as J.J. Nakai had 17 points. Game 3 and 4 were both at Eastern Washington to start the Big Sky Conference play. The NAU women swept the Eagles 89-60 and 69-55, respectively. The most recent game for the the women was Game 5 versus in-state Grand Canyon in Phoenix. The ladies were looking really good, except for some turnover issues. NAU led most of the game. However, in the fourth quarter... GCU managed to come back and beat NAU 66-58. Right now, NAU women's current record is three wins and two losses. Next game is their home opener as they host UTEP to try to get to four wins. And that game is in a couple days on the 17th of December. All right, now let's switch to NAU men's. Their season was supposed to start on November 25th. However, due to someone on the Lumberjack team getting COVID, the season was halted for two weeks. Therefore, the season opener against in-state foe Arizona was rescheduled to December 7th. For the first game of the season, NAU was having a hard time getting offense going and lost to a very talented Arizona team in Tucson, 96-53. Game 2 was NAU's home opener, where they hosted UC Riverside, a team that has a lot of size to them. During the postgame, head coach Shane Burkar hit the nail on the head when he said that the team didn't compete during the first half as the Lumberjacks were only able to score 16 points and 34 points in the second half. 
losing the game 74-50. I just finished watching Game 3 for the Lumberjacks. As it was a substitute game put in last week after news about Gonzaga broke out uh, with players in the Bulldogs organization getting COVID and they were having to halt for 14 days. The game was against Colorado State of the Mountain West. Final score was 91-52 Rams over Lumberjacks. NAU was able to get it to just uh, three points at halftime after a really good surge, but lost it in the second half. Kind of reminds me of the no competition with the UC Riverside game. It's definitely something that NAU needs to fix. NAU's current record is zero wins and three losses. And with that, the next two games are at home against the defending Big Sky champions, Eastern Washington Eagles. And that brings me to my guest today. He is a huge fan of the Eagles and hosts the Eagles Power Hour on the Big Sky Podcast Network. His name is Kyler Neal, and he is next. Ladies and gentlemen, I have on the line Eastern Washington superfan and Big Sky Podcast Network's Eagle Power Hour host, Kyler Neal. How are you, sir? Man, I'm good. Ooh, super fan. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I'm good. Just just hanging out in Houston. We're two Southern boys now. So, uh, you know, we get to enjoy this beautiful rain we have. Oh, totally. And, you know... Two years ago, I would have never even imagined living in the South. No, we were we were both in Arizona at the same time too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I told my wife when I was you know we're from Eastern Washington, Spokane. Um, that's where we met. That's where we dated. And I told her the two places I'll never move: Arizona. We moved there with her job. And then I was like, all right, but I'm never moving to Texas. And I'm in Texas, so I just need to come up with some place I really want to live and tell her I'm not going to do it. And then that'll be the next place. Hmm. Do you have anything in mind? I don't know. Hawaii sounds good right now. <laughs> yeah, Hawaii does sound good, but it's a little a little too expensive. It is. Hey, I'll tell you a great place to go live, Flagstaff. I know you'll love it there. Yeah, I like Flagstaff. It's a cool town. Yeah, totally. Totally. And then you become then you can, can become an NAU fan, right? He- no, but at least I'd get to see Eastern Washington more. Um, All right. All I right. will say I like your colors. I like your logo. You know, I like the uniforms you guys have. And uh, the campus is pretty. I like everything really about NAU besides, you know, when we play you guys, then I have to be mean. But other than that, I, I really have no animosity towards NAU. You guys are a solid program. Awesome. I'm very happy to hear. So how happy are you that basketball season has officially started? Man, it was weird not having football. Um, 
I'm definitely a bigger football fan than basketball, but I love college basketball. So at least we have some sense of normalcy, um, even though half of my, my team's games have been canceled and rescheduled last minute. So it's been chaotic, but um, it, it's nice at least having some, some form of normalcy, at least, you know, for college sports. So I, I'm loving it. Awesome. You know, same here. I miss my football, but February 27th, it all starts. Yeah. Hoping, hoping nothing else goes wrong. Right. That's, 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 that's uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately during this time, you have to kind of put that asterisk there. Yep, exactly. All right, Kyler, let's do a, a recap on how Eastern Washington has done so far. Okay. Their current record at the time of this recording is one win and three losses. Yep. They lost a very close game to Washington State on November 28th, 71-68. Eastern Washington lost their second game, which was another close game, to Arizona on December 5th, 70-67. to The third game against the third, uh, uh, the third consecutive Pac-12 opponent uh, versus Oregon was lost not as close, but still kind of, 69-52 on December 7th. Their most recent game, game five, uh, or excuse me, game four, uh, was against a Division II college, uh, a College of Idaho, where Eastern Washington won 80-56 on December 11th. Eastern Washington, the next game before they head to Flagstaff, is at six and one St. Mary's. Yeah. So explain to me right now, we can kind of just see scores. What's Eastern Washington's downfall at the moment of not being able to win those close games? Well, I mean, the big thing was, I don't know if you were able to watch. So I, I got to watch every game besides this last one versus the D2 team. And it was really because I knew it wouldn't be that competitive. I didn't really care. I was working. But the other three I watched versus Pac-12 opponents, the downfall for Washington State, we, due to COVID regulations, we had two starters out. We only had one player on our bench. So we only, we only suited up six people compared to Washington State being completely healthy, suiting up 11 people. They got to rotate minutes. Against Washington State, we looked like the better team. We were dominating them until the very end. And you could tell when you're looking at the minutes of these players, there was no rest. And, you know, the last two minutes we started getting tired. We were making bad decisions, shooting the ball. We couldn't quite get to the rebound. Um, and, and that's just due to only having six players on a team and not being able to rotate frequently like they normally would. But versus Washington State, I still think healthy versus healthy teams. Um, I think Eastern just looked like the better team. Now, Arizona, that, that is a, a very athletic team. I thought we were going to get blown out. I really did. Um, that, they got some studs on there. They're big. They're athletic. And I was surprised we still didn't have our starting point guard at that time. And uh, up until the last couple minutes, we were leading pretty much the whole time versus Arizona. What, what really did it is they started using their size more. They, they out-rebound the crap out of us in the last you know five minutes or so of the game. And they really used their athletic ability. They used their size. And we just couldn't get to the inside, um, which – Hey, you know what? A three-point loss, Arizona. I'm gonna take that. Arizona's a powerhouse, you know, a historic powerhouse. They're a little down nowadays, but 
they still get top tier recruits compared to, you know, a big sky team like Eastern Washington or an NAU. So playing competitive with them and leading most of the game. I mean, and we weren't, we weren't even fully healthy. We still had our starting point guard out. I'm, I'm happy with the score. Um, a three point loss, Arizona, I'll take that any day of the week. Oregon, it, it, it is what it is. Oregon's a top tier team. Um, they're, you know, a top 15 caliber type team in, you know, basketball and they're freakishly athletic. Uh, we, we had some competitive moments with them, but overall too fast, too big, too physical. We just, we just couldn't hang with them. And and that was expected. Got it. So what is, uh, Eastern Washington going to have to do to potentially have a close game with St. Mary's? Man, we got to make good decisions. I don't know if you've watched a lot of Eastern Washington basketball the last couple of years, but under Shantae Leggins, we really have like a let it fly mentality. So we're, we're, we're taking shots. And a lot of times it frustrates me. You know, I, I see them just jumping up, shooting, not even passing the ball a little bit because we, we have shooters on our squad. And um, some of the decisions they make, it, it doesn't work out. But that's, that's kind of their MO. That's their style. Um, and, you know, when you look at the Big Sky Conference last year, what Eastern Washington was able to do, we were, what, six in the nation in scoring. It works for the most part. Uh, but St. Mary's is a very talented team. Uh, when our season schedule came out, you know, I thought Oregon was the toughest matchup. Then St. Mary's was the next toughest matchup to where I, I thought, you know, those are going to be two tough games. But if we shoot well, if we shoot well, if we're healthy, I think we can make it somewhat competitive. Um, I'm not predicting an Eastern Washington win, but I think we can probably hang within 10 to 15 points unless, you know, we get into foul trouble. Maybe Jacob Davidson, He's not having the game where he's um, able to drive to the hoop. That's what really separates him compared to a lot of big sky players is, you know, he's, he's not overly tall, but he's athletic. He's, he's kind of physical for his size and he's able to drive to the hoop. Um, so we'll see, but that, that's, that's a tough game. Eastern Washington's really had a tough, <laughs> tough first five games of this series. Oh, totally. Season. Totally. They, they've had a, a very hard schedule so far. I was going to say the worst thing is, We've had all these cancellations and last-minute replacements. UNLV canceled, Oregon canceled, Oregon rescheduled. Arizona called us like the day before and said, "Hey, do you want to come down here?" And we're like, "Yeah, let's hop on a plane, let's go." So it's we've we didn't even have a lot of game planning for a lot of the games we've been uh, you know showing up to uh, face. So it's been a weird season, man. Totally, and and on top of that, yeah, exactly. Not much game planning, not much tape planning, not much just kind of go in and see what you can do. Mm-hmm. So here in a couple days, after your St. Mary's game, Eastern Washington comes to Flagstaff to face NAU. Yep. As I was saying earlier in the podcast, the men's team doesn't quite look the same as last year so far. Granted, there's only been two games in the season. So at this point, anything is possible. We haven't played any kind of big sky play. This is going to be the first big sky matchup of the year. So what does Eastern Washington need to do to come into Flagstaff and potentially win? Or what does NAU need to do to to stop Eastern Washington and get their first win or wins of the season? Yeah, um, so I guess I'll I'll focus on what does NAU need to do? Um, NAU, I mean, when you're playing against Eastern Washington um, as a big sky team, you, you kind of have to roll the dice and you have to decide what's more important to you. 
from what I've seen so far is Eastern Washington has, you know, struggled on three point art compared to normal. And by struggle, we'll, we'll still be totally fine in the big sky play, but uh, we've been getting pretty good second, second points, you know, driving to the bucket. If I was NAU, I would try and capitalize on the key, make Eastern Washington shoot from the arc. Um, and the, it could go of two ways. Eastern Washington's on fire. They're making, they're draining shots. Like, you know, we've seen before, or they're going to have a rough shooting night like we've seen this year. Um, it seems like we've been a, a team of halves where we, we catch fire, but then um, towards the end of the game, and that could be due to COVID, not being able to rotate through a lot of guys. But then we start, we start you know, missing shots. Um, some, some are open. Some are just bad shot selections. If I was NAU, I would try and control the key. Um, now, I don't know the size of NAU. Um, I don't know if they're bigger than us. We have a couple, a couple big kids, but we're not an overly big squad. So – if I was NAU, I'd, I'd try and, you know, really maintain that key, try and control the key. And I think that's going to be your best key to victory. If I'm Eastern Washington, how I beat NAU is, you know, I just – I let it fly. It's almost the same thing. I just keep keep trying to make better shot selections, shoot the ball, go up tempo, make, make NAU sweat, make them run, um, try and keep up with us, try and maintain tempo, but just make slightly better shot decisions than we've seen versus WSU at the end of the game than we saw versus – you know, University of Arizona, and then make the free, make the free throws. We, we've kind of struggled at free throws, um, and that was even last year. I don't know how we're such a good shooting team, but then we sometimes really struggle at the free throws. So, yeah, I mean, I like the matchup on paper. I, I'm feeling confident. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to the size-wise, I believe NAU has one uh, player that's 6'11". Uh, but he hasn't played the last two games. He is a freshman. Okay. Um, and he is a European player. Uh, we have Jay Green, who is from Australia, and he's mid-sixes. Okay. Um, but most of the players, I want to say, is mid-sixes to, to, to lower sixes. So Eastern Washington will probably have a little bit of a size advantage, I'm guessing, as well. Um I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out. Sometimes size isn't everything. I thought Eastern Washington had quite a bit of size on Southern Utah last year, but then, you know, we, when we matched up well with them, they had long arms. They used their length better than us last year. But, um, like, the Groves brothers, you know, they're 6'9", I, I believe. Um, you know, those are our two biggest players. Kim Akin Jr., he's 6'7". He can, he's versatile. Um, then we have, you know, Jacob Davidson. You know, he's 6'5"-ish. So, um you know, we have size for a big sky team, but we're, we're not going to be the biggest team either. Yeah. What players on Eastern Washington is um, giving the team the most points right now? Um, who's given us the most points. I actually think it's, it's going to be probably Robertson right now or Davidson. Um, I, I didn't actually see what happened versus Idaho college. Like I said, I didn't really watch that. Um, but I think Davidson got 15 points in a couple games. I think Robertson actually got 15 points or, or so. I think there are two lead scores, but then, then, you know, you have the tandem of the Grove brothers and they've been playing well, but, um, if I had a guess and I don't have the numbers in front of me, I would assume Jacob Davidson is kind of our leading score, but, um, I don't think by much. Okay. Sounds good. Overall, what are your thoughts on NAU basketball? Um, I mean, my, my thoughts are from, from what I've seen on the box score, you know, we have one, one team that we both played against. Um, and I, I, I don't even like to really use that as a comparison because 
if we play U of A 10 times, I'm sure we'll have more blowout losses than close losses. Um, you know, it's just, they didn't prep for us. We didn't prep for them. Who knows what could have happened. We looked good versus them, but I don't want to just sit down there with only one common opponent and say, Eastern Washington is way better than NAU. Um, basketball is weird. It doesn't really work that way. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I think NAU is probably not a top tier big sky team. If I'm being honest, where I think Eastern Washington is probably one of the favorites to win the conference. I, I think that's probably fair to say, we'll see what happens. Do you think that Eastern Washington is going to do a repeat? Um, from what I've seen across the big sky, I think we have a pretty solid chance. Um, we, we really only lost one player from last year. Of course, he was the MVP, but other than that, we brought back a load of talent, and we really have – we haven't even been healthy yet, and we really should have two Pac-12 wins. So if we were healthy, we have two Pac-12 wins right now. So, I mean, I would be sitting on my high horse. Right, definitely. Uh, how are the, the, the players that uh, are going through COVID, uh, COVID regulations – are they supposed to be back for the NAU game? Do you know? Yeah. So, so the big one that was missed um, was our starting point guard last year. He was like big sky freshman of the year or something like that. I forgot exactly what, what his title was, but he was, he had a lot of freshman medals, but um, Ellis Magnuson, he's our starting point guard. Um, we, he had a little bit of play last week. So I think he's, he was officially clear to go, but we're still probably, you know, waiting to see how healthy he was. So he didn't get a lot of minutes compared to normal. But um, Ellis Magnuson should be a game changer. I think we should be totally healthy versus NAU unless something crazy happens within this next week. But from everything I've seen, I, I think we're actually totally healthy. We're ready to roll. All of our players should be back. Awesome. Now, I want to get your thoughts. What do you think of the back-to-back Big Sky schedule where we're at home for two games and then we go on the road for two games against the same team? Does that is that beneficial, or is that maybe hard for a team to where one team gets to see you and how you do it, and then you have to play it again? I think it's going to be beneficial, and it's going to be tough to prep for. Um, one thing, and maybe this is more of kind of along lines of football, but normally if you're playing a good team twice, and the team that loses the first time they got to see what they did wrong and they get to adapt. They get to, you know, try new things where the team who won, they're like, we don't need to fix anything. We already won. We don't have to try new things. They're going to still go out there with the same type of playbook, the same everything to try and repeat where the other team's trying new things because they saw maybe some more weaknesses or something that they could try different. So um, I think it's going to be interesting. It's, I think it's going to help some teams out, especially the teams that have great cardio. Um, and then it's, it's going to probably hurt a couple teams to where, you know, I don't know how well Idaho is going to do when they're playing a lot of these big sky teams back to back there. I mean, the Idaho state and Idaho, they're just really bad teams. And I think they're going to get blown out that second game quite a bit. Right. I don't know about you, but I think Washington state is going to have a pretty bad year because they only beat Portland state by nine tonight. Washington state. I don't, they're receiving votes to be in the top 25. That is ridiculous. They beat Eastern Washington by three when we only had six total players and they were completely healthy. They barely beat Idaho when Idaho and them were both completely healthy. Then they, you know, they barely beat Portland state. Washington state is not good. 
Um, and I am, I want to punch everyone who's given them votes. They are not as good as their record shows. They should have a couple losses to big sky teams. No, I'm, I, I'm going to feel really bad for them when they go into pack 12. Uh, Oregon's going to manhandle them. Yeah. Yeah. And ASU just beat GCU by one. Oh, wow. Okay. GCU is solid. They're, they they're are. a good program. They are. So their GCU is now, um, GCU is now four and one. Okay. So now Kyler, since my podcast is called NAU and big sky sports, uh, I want to kind of discuss some news outside of NAU and outside of Eastern Washington. Cool. For those that haven't heard, uh, uh, NAU's closest rival, Southern Utah university has received an invitation to join the expanding Western Athletic Conference. What's your thoughts, and do you think that they're going to take it? Yeah, I really think they're going to take it. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense for Southern Utah. For one, they don't have a lot of history in the Big Sky. You know, they're a new team, I think 2011 or something. Um, so they don't have a lot of history. Then you have really a regional rival in Dixie State move up to D1. Now, if you're saying who's a bigger rival to Southern Utah, is it Weber or Dixie State? I'm going to say Dixie State is probably going to be a much bigger rival along the grand scheme of things. They're close, where Weber State is actually closer to Idaho State than they are to Southern Utah. Um, yeah, I think Southern Utah is going to take it, and I think it's a good fit. Right, definitely. I think they're going to take it too. The rivalry game between NAU and SUU is one of those forced rivalry yeah. up games. Um, what, why, you know, it's nice to play for a trophy, a trophy every year, but I think if we can play against a team that's more of a rival for a trophy, I think it would mean more. Yeah, I mean, and if, if we're talking football, there's, there's no reason why you still can't play Southern Utah every year and still make it a rivalry. You could just play them in the out-of-conference like what Southern Illinois in, uh, what is it, SEMO? Um, you know, the OVC in Missouri Valley. Those two teams play every single year, and I think it's like week two because they're not in the same conference. And that's they're those teams' biggest rivals. So since you guys are kind of in your weird bubble where you're not near anyone, um, you'll, you'll be close to Dixie State-ish and close to Southern Utah-ish, but you're still not close to any of them. So until there's like a, another D1 team in the Arizona, maybe New Mexico region, um, I would if – I'm a, if I'm NAU, I'm still going to try and schedule Southern Utah every single year for that Grand Canyon rivalry. Definitely. Definitely. Now, there are some rumors floating around that another Big Sky University has eyes on them from the WAC, and that is Weber State. Now, with their recent success in the Big Sky, I don't see them going anywhere. No. I, um, Weber State's a founding member of the Big Sky. There's, there's, you know, if you ask the, the Weber fans who maybe have been Weber fans, you know, their whole life and not just the last couple of years, um, they don't view Southern Utah as a rival. Sure, it's in-state, but Southern Utah is such a new program to where if you ask anyone over maybe 28 years old, they view the Montana schools as rivals. They, they'd rather play the Idaho's. They'd rather play the Eastern Washington's of the world. You know, the original, not, not even original, but the big sky members who have been in, in the big sky for a long time. Um, Southern Utah was just kind of a, a new perk, a new plus. But how I feel it is, it, it would be like if Western Washington, if 
they had a D1 football program as of right now. Eastern wouldn't consider them a rival anymore. Um, we were back when they were D2, but, you know, that's, that's 40 years ago. We're not a rival with them anymore. In Southern Utah, they tried. But, um, yeah, Weber, Weber fans, they'd rather play the Montana schools over Southern Utah any day of the week. I think you can put that on the consensus. Ask Weber State Weekly, guys. They'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll be upfront and honest. They don't really care about Southern Utah. Right. And I, as an NAU fan, enjoy playing Southern Utah. Yeah. We have a record that has 50-plus games. Yeah, see, I bet you you guys have played – I haven't, you know, done the math or looked at it, but I bet you you guys have probably played more games for Southern Utah than even Weber has, or it's pretty similar. Right. For those of you wondering if NAU will be leaving the big sky, earlier in the year, I talked to NAU Athletic Director Mike Marlowe about the subject, and this is what Mike had to say. No, the the WAC has not contacted NAU, and, and while we – you know, love the fact that there's going to be more uh, Western United States football potentially for non-conference opponents. Uh, again, NAU is very proud of our 50-plus year history with the Big Sky. And uh, as long as I'm sitting in this chair, Casey, we're, we're not interested in any other league but the Big Sky Conference. So not in the near future or while Marlowe is in charge. Now, a few months ago, uh, NAU's president, Rita Chang, announced that she will not be renewing their contract, but will stay until NAU finds a new president. Eastern Washington has had the same thing happen with their president, Mary Colinan. Do you know how the search is going um, after she resigned in August? Yeah, so we hired interim president David May. So we hired him to, I think it's like a two-year deal or a two-year term. Um, and we're basically, I don't think we're searching for anyone. We're seeing how well he does. If he does well, he'll be our next president. If, you know, maybe the board stops trusting in him or they, they see flaws, then we'll probably open up the search board. But since he is in a two-year term as an interim, uh, my guess is we're, we're seeing how he does the first year before we even start doing any type of looking around. Um, and from what I've heard around kind of the big sky or, you know, Eastern fans that are there local in Cheney, they absolutely love what David May is trying to bring to the table. So I think we'll, I think he'll stick around. I, I think we have our next president. Good. Awesome. Um, how is the plans? Again, I know everything kind of stopped due to COVID, but before COVID happened, Eastern Washington had humongous plans to upgrade y'all stadium. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with that? How's the funding? Did everything just completely stop? Yeah, man, what a, what a time to try and, you know, fund a new stadium. Um, we had a pretty bad football season compared to Eastern Washington standards. You know, seven and four is not acceptable for Eastern fans. Um, so that probably hurt funding a little bit. Then right after that, we had COVID. Then we had all these articles come out with faculty members saying they don't want to support athletics and, you know, we should drop a division, you know, that, so we have, we've had to hire firms in there that are doing studies on the whole athletic department and yada, yada, yada. So what a time to <laughs> try and renew a stadium and get fundraising going when, you know, we have so much uncertainty up in the air with, we lost a lot of money with COVID. Um, all of our international students weren't able to come to Eastern Washington. That's a, a good chunk of kids um we're yeah we're, we're hurting we're losing money we've raised they haven't updated it in, in a couple months so I don't know if we've raised more than what's showing 
but I think the last time they updated it was back in June and we raised about 5.5 million um, and we need 25 million, but we were at least able to um, pull out our old turf. We sold chunks of our old turf. So I actually have some old red turf in our, in my backyard um, as my placement map, but we raised like 180,000 from that or maybe even more than some guy gave us a $5 million donation uh, for the stadium. So it's, it's been, um, you know, it, it's been good so far due to what's been going on. Right. Um, but we're not close to having a new stadium yet. And, you know, hopefully one day we do, <laughs> I, I would say our team definitely deserves it the most in the big sky compared to our success level versus our crappy facilities. Does this president, is he more relatable to athletics than the old one was? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a chance to speak with David may yet or anything like that. And maybe I'll be able to on the podcast eventually, but from some inside sources, one of the things he does not want to do is have Eastern Washington's most successful sports program get dropped a level. So that that's, you know, what I've heard him say, you know, the wor- last thing that would, would be, it'd almost be like a death sentence. If somehow in his year of presidency or something like that, Eastern Washington loses their most successful program in, in the history of their school. So I think he is pro athletics. I think he sees the benefit. Um, but I mean, who knows? He's only been the interim for a couple months now and, and we really got to see how it goes. Definitely. Well, Kyler, that's really all I got for you at this time. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you would like to say? Uh, how, how much is Eastern Washington going to beat NAU by? Hopefully NAU is going to win. <laughs> I'm going to say it could it could be a five-point game. It could be a 25-point game. I agree. Difference. You know, we'll, it, we'll, we won't know until it happens, but I totally agree with that assessment. Right. <laughs> so. Definitely. No, man, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. This is fun. Uh, of course. Now, if people want to hear from you or look you up, how do they do that? Yeah, so, um, I mean, there's a couple different podcasts that I, I kind of host and I'm in charge of. If you want to talk about Eastern Washington or listen, maybe keep up on, you know, some in-conference rivalries, you can find us at the Eagles Power Hour. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, whatever. But I'm also the host of the FCS Fans Nation podcast. So you can find us on Facebook, Google, FCSFansNation.com, whatever. Um, And then if you want to harass me on Twitter, just, you know, find me at Kyler underscore EPH. And uh, that's that's where you can talk a lot of crap to me and I'll, I'll take it. All righty, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. Hope you have a great rest of your night. Enjoy your week, okay? All right. Thank you, man. Have a good one. You too.